Welcome to the School of the Word. This is Lesson 31 in our teaching series, As in the Days of Noah, titled Our Only Hope. Our teacher is Alan Smith. Amen. Well, good morning. How is everyone? Good to see you here. Picking up where we left off last week, I have talked about our completeness in Christ that keeps us from deception. And of course, again, the, I guess the word of the, of the day, if there is one, is deception. But as in the days of Noah, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And in these days, and as a New Testament church and the people of God, that is to be on our lips and our every thought that we have is the coming of the Son of Man. The coming, the second coming of Jesus Christ is the big uh, event that we, that we live for. We build our lives uh, around. Aren't you glad that there's more than there is right now? Amen. <laughs> Praise God. All right, let's move forward in this concept and of understanding of as in the days of Noah, trying to recognize what it is that we're dealing with. There's so much going on in our government and in our country. Uh, I hope you're not fighting to make it look normal. I hope you're not fighting to make it look acceptable. Uh, I know everybody wishes that I would quit speaking about end times. and uh, But I'm just compelled to keep speaking about these days that we're in. It is it's just where we are. And it's not where, it's not business as usual. It's not like it has been. It's a new day. Now, do I think God's people will live through this new day? The answer is yes. Uh, is it going to be difficult? Doesn't have to be. Will it require more of us? The answer is yes. If we, uh, the more we participate with God, the more that we'll find ourselves being on the God side of these events and things. So the time period we see is the time of deceptions, delusions, and illusions. I added something there uh, this morning. This is the time of deceptions, delusion, and illusions. In other words, deception, we saw last week, the deceptions is someone actively trying to deceive you or tell you a lie or tell you something that's not true. You're, you're trying to be uh, deceived in believing something that's not true. When we see, when we accept uh, the deception, it causes us to be delusional. So when we accept the deception, it causes us to become delusional. What does that mean? Well, we went over that last week. So deception equals something, which is called delusion. Now, a delusion, a deception is the first stage of mental illness. Second stage of mental illness is a delusion. Third stage of mental illness is illusions. And then there again, my definition of mental illness is disagreeing with God. It will make you do stupid things. Here we go. Now, lost humanity believes it has the power to save itself and the world. That's where we are. Man thinks that it has the power to save itself. Now, can you imagine how the world, I don't know what worldview you want to choose. You can go with the 6,000 year existence of our planet. I'm fine with that. And I don't fall out with people that thinks it's been here for 10,000 years. But for those who think it's been here 10,000 years, they seem to be the ones that are worrying about the planet the most. I hope you can hear what I'm saying. It tends to be the people who are worrying about the planet the most. And I'm like, well, if it's been around 10,000 years, I was when I quoted to one conversation, one, I said, well, if, it's, if you believe it's been around that long and it's still here, do you not think it's done pretty good, pretty well on its own through ice ages and all these ages that you believe's happened? Surely to goodness you can have a, and you're going to save it in the last 50 years? There's something with that illusion. It's, something, it's an illusion and it's delusional. And the reason is it's based off a of deception. 
That's why. That's, that's the reason it's that way. So, but you, the world today has this idea that it's going to save itself. Number one, we're going to save each other and we're going to save the world. But for some reason, we have to, to kill people to do it. Uh, it's just those, the equations are just idiotic to me. Uh, the biggest concern I have for the United States is, is the abortion issue. And the reason that is a big one to me is there seems to be uh, there's something that the Bible says there's not forgiveness of, and that's blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. And uh, we all have different ideas of what that is, but this one you can't debate. The other one is the shedding of innocent blood. Uh, all through Scripture, God just says is, he, he doesn't look over it. It just doesn't. You can, uh, and I'm in. I'm for uh, for uh, abolishing Roe versus Wade and all of the above. That's the right move. That, but don't think that that's justified us for what's went on beforehand in the eyes of God. I'm just here to tell you it doesn't, because God, the shedding of innocent blood, is something that God just. Over and over, well, it's many places in the Bible. He says, no, I'm not, no, there's no forgiveness for that one. You're going to have to live out the consequence. So that's my biggest, one of my biggest concerns for our country, even though we need to be doing what's right. Uh, still, there's a lot of, in, of things that's happened uh, prior to that. You also get into innocent blood and you get into the some of the Hebrew and some of the other uh, meanings of uh, slander against someone or a brother is equal to shedding of innocent blood. Isn't that amazing? In other words, you're killing somebody by word of mouth, but yet, it, but we'll not get into all that. But anyway, God doesn't like it. A delusion implies an inability to distinguish between what is real and what only seems to be real, often as the result of a disoriented state of mind or mental illness. That's the reason I point out to you, if the planet's been here for 10,000 years and it's took care of itself, do you not think it couldn't do that in the last 50 years? How, who, who in the world does man think he is that think we can destroy it? There again, uh, I can go over reasons upon reasons that I think it's a kind of a... The, the problem is somebody is using that for another purpose. That's our problem. It's been used as a purpose of manipulation. And if you really look at the thing and think about it for a moment, it's ridiculous. This is part of my point. And there's other things we can say. But it causes you there again, it's, it's a, it's a non-truth, it's a deception. And it'll cause you to be delusional. In other words, you try to stack up evidence to equal the truth. It's just not truth. Uh, but yet it causes us to create these delusional uh, and this, I call it a disordered uh, state of mind or mental illness. Anyone who rejects the truth of God is being deceived, and at some point God may abandon him to deception that he has willingly uh, embraced. And we went over that in the last two weeks on how God will do that. Therefore, part of the great delusion from God is when he gives you over to what you think it is that you that you want. It's... Uh, as I move on this morning in this teaching, we're going to be looking a little bit at, at the human mind. How does it work? Why do, why do we, uh, why does our mind work like it does? And with delusion, I've made this analogy before. I'm, uh, back, I don't know how many years ago it's been now, I bought a, a Ford pickup, four-door white F-250, Ford pickup. And I left the Ford place and I was driving down Interstate 40 coming back and I I thought, I thought, here's a, if there's a white four-door 250 just like mine. I, before I got home, it's like I saw four or five of them. I'm like, well, I thought I was the smartest uh, person to buy a four-door white Ford F-250. My point being is if that's what I'm focused on, that's what I'm going to see. They were there all the time, but it just so happens that it, uh, I mean, if you spend thirty thousand dollars, you're going to really think you made a good decision, right? You're. You know, I had a, a friend of mine that had bought one more. Uh, I got a kind of a stripped down model of it, and he got it with everything on it. And I said, "Well, do you like it?" He said, "It's a monument to an idiot." That's what. So anyway, so it's amazing how how delusional we can get, uh, how we can talk ourselves into things. 
uh, and, and how it is really hard to stay with reality and truth. Hmm. Help us, Lord. <laughs> you know, if you, you'll be around anybody that just bought a new, a new vehicle or even a used one, whatever. You know, the, first thing, the first introduction you get is on what a great deal they got. Has anybody ever noticed that? Best deal you ever. I couldn't turn it down. It's, it's what happens in our minds and how we perceive things. We can so easily be persuaded. And uh, even though we think we're using our own mind, I'm just uh, presenting to you, you don't need to trust yourself that much. You just, you're thinking way, as, as the Apostle Paul said, you're probably thinking way too high of yourself. And, uh, and so it calls it, and so as we, ha- as we have that, uh, uh, that understanding, it causes us to walk a little more cautiously, is, is the purpose, and to test what's happening or what we're doing against the Word of God, and what does God think about these situations, what does God think about these things, because Alan can easily be persuaded. I can easily be persuaded, and I keep that in mind as we move forward. The battle from the beginning is between God's word versus man's word. So in this in this uh, uh, life that we're living, we got God's word and we got man man's word. Uh, we hear a whole lot more of man's opinion than we do of God's opinion. And then and then uh, bless the Bible's a little hard if you can do that. Uh, it's got to rely on us then to stand up here and say what God meant to say, right? <laughs> You're not going to, well, God got to draw up every Sunday morning on all of us that are trying to say, okay, now this is what God's, God means. And so the safest place to be is to let God's Word say what it says, and then let God's people determine. You test it, and you're supposed to be a Berean, as the New Testament says. You need to study it out for yourself, see what it says. But the big issue is God's Word versus man's Word. Now, when a nation leaves God, is where we're going to look at as in these days of Noah, Today, what happens? What does it look like? Delusion, uh, being deceived, uh, delusion, and then illusional. When a nation leaves God, when I turn on the TV or I hear the news today of people of, of what's been reported or on the internet, I'm like, I, I don't know if you're, I, I am. I am every day. I am shocked at what someone's saying that they're surprised at, or can you believe that somebody said or did this? And it is so, I mean, 10 years ago, what was right is now wrong, and what is wrong is now right. And as I look at the, and when I hear these people's opinions of things, I'm just totally shocked. If I would have been in a, in, just in a schoolroom when I was going to school, you'd have got uh, F on your paper if that was your paperwork. It was, it's just, it's so out there that, um, I have to compose myself to read the news uh, just not to get, I don't know if it's upset or I don't know what, or uh, I'm halfway between being upset and sick on my stomach. You know, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a odd feeling. Now, when a nation leaves God, and we are definitely living in this time and it's being ramped up a little, it has been deceived, uh, which brings on a, it has been deceived. A nation that leaves God has been deceived, which brings on a delusional mindset, uh, which uh, then we start seeing illusions, I say. Uh, this, great, this is the greatest uh, lie of all time, and here it is, that the Word of God is not true. That's the greatest, that's the, that is the greatest uh, lie of all time. Uh, we think, well, it doesn't make any difference. Take the Ten, ten Commandments out of the out of the courtroom, out of the classroom, out of whatever room. Um, you know, it, it, uh, I can't, I don't know if, even if we have it in our church, Ten Commandments or not. We, you know, it, it, I, I don't even know if we do. And, uh, and I, you know, is it some ritual or something? Uh, I'm sure not. Uh, but it is a symbol of what we stand for and what we believe in is the Word of God. And um, I, uh, I think it was, it was one of my sisters had this thing about the Ten Commandments, or it's more about the Word of God being in your home and the churches and all that, and it's just now coming back to me. And, 
the, for Christmas that year, the Christmas present, I just had like 30 or 40 of these Ten Commandment plaques that you put on your uh, wall of your home uh, so that we wouldn't be like the rest of the world and taking it down, I guess, or something. It, it, she was really, of course, my sisters, I've got two sisters, I'm the only boy, and they've sent me a lot of things over the years. <laughs> now, uh, we are living in a time that the words of God are being erased from our culture. That the words of God are, are being erased. Now, we can't, as believers, we know that the presence of God follows the words of God. The presence of God is on the words of God. So, uh, and I don't think that's superstitious. I just think it's a true spiritual phenomena uh, that the presence of God is upon His upon His word. I believe I got the word of God here. I believe the presence of God is in this room. But I also believe that every word of God's that His presence is is there on those words. He honors His word in that way. So. For us to be conscious of the fact that in these last days that the words of God are trying to be erased from our culture, which means and interpreted that the presence of God is being erased from our culture. Now, we are living in a time that we are told that mankind uh, is just an animal. Uh, had Pastor and Dick and Barry Joe uh, was at the office a week or two ago when we were discussing this. Uh, at that time, I already had these slides made, and then we started discussing it. And I was like, this is, a, this is just amazing how, as you see here, we are living in a time that we are told that mankind is just, is just an animal. So there's, there's a reason that the mindset uh, is trying to convince us that you're, and do you have animal natures and instinct? Well, I guess the answer to that would be true. But uh, I think it's more by... Um, um, well, I don't know. I was just thinking about some people acting like animals. So let me go on here. Uh, Romans 1, 23. Uh, and change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like a corruptible man to the birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things, who change the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the Creator, who is uh, blessed forever. Uh, amen. Here in Romans chapter 1, uh, 23, it's, speaking about a time when mankind is depraved as we are in this day in our nation. And what happens is you change the glory of the incorruptible God to an image. And, and just like with Israel, you wonder, why did they make the golden calf? What, what is the deal uh, with man wanting to worship animals and creatures uh, and not God? It's, a, it's amazing how the... It's, it's, it's a, in the spirit world of warfare, it's a diversion. You're trying to divert truth into something else, you know. Uh, that's the reason that around here we tend to not brag on people a lot. And the reason is we consciously don't want uh, to build up an individual. Uh, it's the it's spiritual concept of the golden calf. We don't like to inflate anything other than God, uh, Jesus, and His presence. That's our emphasis and so and when we error, we try to error in, in that dimension. Now, in Genesis 1, 26, it said, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, so that God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, a male and female. So we can see in trying to change the word of God, that today, for, for instance, why am I against evolution in any form? It's because it's teaching, the teaching is that mankind has evolved from an ape-type animal, right? That's, that's the idea. And a lot of Christians believe, well, Alan, I believe that's, that's true, whatever. And uh, I'm, sitting, I'm like, well, there's a huge problem is I don't think God looks like a gorilla. I just, I just don't. Uh, it just more than, you're trying to stretch me too far here. God, the Word of God says I've been made in the image of God. I haven't evolved from a another animal. Are you with me? So now it's doing something with you psychologically and spiritually with evolution. 
That's that's uh, that's the the uh, uh, and I know how evolution works. You know that only the you know the, you know, the greatest of the species survives. Uh, but if there's a greater of the species surviving, there's always got to be a lesser there. And if there's a lesser there and you're evolving, there's had to be a lesser there all the time. Does anybody see the logic of it? You're like, well, if you're always evolving as the greater, how did the, why did the lessers hang around? You see. And so, in other words, even in, their own pro in its own process, you have to understand that it has to start over in each generation with a lesser and a greater of the species. And so, in, anyway, the math won't work. It just will not work out. So, it says, let us make man in our, uh, in our image after our likeness. And up above that, we see that in this time that we're living in, that mankind... Well, uh, and change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man into what? Birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. And so that's what evolution, the theory of evolution, it's not even a theory, uh, the hypothesis of, of evolution. They call it a theory. They, they don't even have an intermediate. You can't even get to the theory state. It's still in an illusional state, if you will. It's, it's a hypothesis. So we can see here that the Word of God says we're created in the image of God. The Word of God says that there will be a time mankind will say that man is being created in the image of the animal. Now, that's important to understand when you're dealing with mental illness. Is that all right? Here we go. But this is the lie of evolution that leads you to this lie that man is just another animal. Now, the great deception is the consequence of people who refuse to believe the truth. The great deception is the consequence of people who refuse to believe the truth. So I believe that I have been created in the image of God. Christians today have a mixture. I've been created in the image of God, but yet I've evolved from a monkey. Now... Believe it or not, that is in the mind, subconscious of people, because you've been taught evolution, evolution in school. And it, so, so it equals a, a mingling of truth and a lie. So when you get to the Word of God that says you've been created in the image of God, it says, now therefore there is no condemnation. You can't get there because there's part of you that's just an animal. Right? I'm, I'm telling you what's going on in, in our thinking, in our subconscious. And it's because people are persuaded that they've evolved from this animal state. And it doesn't say that God's redeemed your animal state. He's redeemed lost humanity. He did not redeem a turtle or a hoppy toad or a... And I've had some people say, well, Alan, do you think... Um, that what, I, what do you think the difference between man and animal is? And I said, well, I think animals come in two, two, two states. Or again, test what I say. Man has a body, soul, and spirit. Uh, I believe warm-blooded animals have a body and a soul. And I believe cold-blooded animals just have a body, such as reptiles, serpents. You can tell they don't have any emotion to them, Right? They're just, people's got like a pet snake. I'm like, what in the tarnation is going through your brain? You say, I hope I just offended somebody. And if you do like him, please don't bring him to church. We don't believe it. We don't go that way. We don't veer into that. Into that. Amen, brother. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Our pastor has a great uh, conviction of that truth. <laughs> Would be the proper word. A <laughs> great freaking conviction. So, and I know a lot of people say, well, Alan, do you think uh, <laughs> that animals will be in heaven or whatever? I, you know, I, I can't tell you that your dog will go to heaven. Uh, I can say that the Bible says there's animals in heaven. And uh, uh, and do I think that animals, uh, warm-blooded animals have souls? I, I personally do. And there again, I deal with cows and the only thing I can tell you, well, one of the animals, farm animals that uh, 
actually would, is very convincing of a soul, believe it or not, is a, is a goat. A goat, you look in the eyes of a goat, and you know that, I mean, it's, it's worse than a dog. You know, a lot of dogs, you can look in their eyes, and you can tell they got feelings and emotions. Now, I, now the goat is the greater that you can tell that has that. Now, I'm going to tell you the least farm animal that can prove that to you, and it's sheep. Dumber than a rock. <laughs> Dumber than a rock. So now, you, you know, this is, is not that I'm Paul, but this is not God. This is Alan talking about the soul of animal or whatever. But the difference between us and animals is we have a spirit. And I do not believe warm-blooded animals have a spirit. How does that work out in heaven? You have, you have to take that up to God. I have no idea. Absolutely have no idea. I just do know that a lot of, most warm-blooded animals have emotion to them. So, I don't, how in the world did I get off on that? I think I was trying to make my sheep point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nonetheless, we have what we see today is called a, what I call an identity crisis. Uh, because are we from an animal or not? So now we're going to get into this f uh, furry thing. You know, we spoke about that last week. You know, in schools, kids are acting like they they want to. It's now acceptable to take on like you're like a cat or a dog. And uh, if you're funded by the federal government, then you're supposed to acknowledge. Now, what's why is how do we get to the animal thing? Well, it's through the transgender thing. It starts with the homosexual thing. In other words, everything that's not natural is, you see, homosexuality, if you're, if you're drawn to, uh, number one, that's, uh, it, it, that is, I'm going to put it in this language, if it offends you, it'll just have to, is mental illness. It, it, it just is. It's, it's unnatural. It, it's disagreeing with God. It, it's, it's a mental illness. Now, you, you have what we call uh, what I call natural sin, and you have what we call unnatural sin. Uh, uh, if you are lust, if a man lusts after a woman that's not his wife, or vice versa, whatever, uh, that's what you would call natural sin. Now, it doesn't minimize the sin any. It just puts it in another category. It's called unnatural sin. And, and, and believe it or not, I know it's totally ex acceptable in the world, the Babylonian mindset and world that we live in today. Um, but it's uh, man and women do not have to walk around with a spirit of lust. That's, that's total lie. That's just, it's just it's a total lie. That's just not. But for some reason today, when I talk with men, the first thing they say, talk to me, hey, I got this problem. And, and like this is a... Uh, you know, a problem that all men have to deal with the rest of their life. And I'm like, and I've discovered, believe it in such a lie. That, that's, and I know it's baseline in our world today. You're, everybody's accepting that as true, but it's just not true. That's right. it's, 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 not, it's just not true. Total, total lie. So anyway, so as we get in, we started with homosexuality, uh, making that it, it, what is sin, and not only is it sin, it's unnatural sin on top of that. And so now we have flooded into our arena all this unnatural sin stuff. So to think you're a, a, a furry, as it said, uh, that's just a definition that uh, the Internet had on a furry. Um, if you have the tendencies of uh, wanting to act out like being an animal, uh, we know as children... It is actually normal to act like you're a dog or a cat as you're playing and you're three, four years old or, 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 or whatever. That's, we would consider that normal behavior uh, to some. I, as I think back, I don't ever remember having the urge to be a cow. But, but nonetheless, it's, it's, we know that it's kind of normal for kids to, to play act and, and have an imagination uh, uh, this is not imagination. Uh, this gets into what you call a dysmorphia. It's a disorder, and that means you're not thinking right. Well, it used to be, everybody says follow the science, that you would carry, uh, you see, homosexuality, uh, it's an unnatural sin, used to be dealt with as a mental illness and a dysmorphia also. 
And, but now somewhere or another, we crossed the line, even in science, and said, um, no, that is normal behavior. Well, I mean, it's, it's not. It, it's not. There again, it violates even the science. Um, how do you know something's from God is it always duplicates. You put a seed in the ground, it'll sprout. And it'll Anything God does uh, can duplicate. Anything God doesn't do, it cannot duplicate. And you need to get to kind of stay away from it. Uh, that's why even in agriculture uh, with seed, uh, all seed tends to, you can plant one seed and get 100 seed back. Uh, this day and time is of uh, about three years ago now. Uh, there is seed being developed as, that has what's called the terminator gene in it. And so they're now producing corn and soybean cotton, basically those three, uh, that have a terminator gene in it, and that means it won't produce but one year. That's interesting, a little scary. There again, so somebody can ask me, well, Alan, do you think that that type of technology is of God? And I'll say no. It's just not, because it can't duplicate. You're breaking down this duplication factor. See, it's, it's, it, you're, 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 you're breaking that down. So I, I, I tell them up front, no, this, I don't think that's of God. Do I think that we can uh, take corn seed grain? Uh, uh, do we breed in uh, better traits? You choose cattle. You choose by the, you cross the breed with a certain bull. It has better feet, has better legs, has better udder displacement, uh, straight. You know, you, you can go for the uh, better you know, type and animal type. Do I believe in improvement? Yeah, I do. But it doesn't break the code of uh, this thing can duplicate. Uh, now, so that's what, where we get the, the furry uh, thing. But anyway, the furry isn't really a gender, but the experience of being a furry is sometimes similar to the experience of being trans. Uh, this is what the definition of internet. So sometimes there are trans furries. I mean, how many ways you want to say this thing? Who just uh, conflate the two, especially non-binary people for whom a typical binary label probably wouldn't be missed if it's uh, substituted with a uh, furry term. I'm like, gosh, how many hoops do you have to jump through to, <laughs> to try to make that work, right? I mean, it's just, so could you agree with me? I think there's an identity crisis. It's, I believe there's a great identity crisis. And to those of us who are uh, identifying with Christ and uh, we're in Christ, we wouldn't hopefully have an identity crisis. Uh, but the lost world has a huge identity crisis that you can fall into this. What would seem foolish to us is actually not that far-fetched. Um, a delusion is a belief that uh, is firmly maintained despite being uh, contradicted by what is reality or a rational argument, typically a, sim a symptom of a mental disorder. There again, that's not my definition. That's a definition of delusion. Uh, and everybody tends still on the Internet, as on either, even in the psychology or psychiatry uh, corners, they still, everybody still ends up knowing this is a mental illness. And uh, just as uh, it's typically uh, a mental illness. So a delusion is uh, what's happening there, and there's what we, so my second a furry a little more to the extreme, uh, that's the lady that's inside the, the costume. They're now having conventions all over the world, uh, the furry conventions, uh, where everybody shows up in their furry, furry things, and uh, uh, having conventions, uh, and because it, it I'm not even going to try to explain it. It really gets out there. Uh, I mean, I, I've said this before. I've been in mental hospitals with my mother 40 years ago, and there were much more sane people in there than what I'm seeing in Walmart. I'm honest with you. It's really, it is so out of hand to somebody like me. It's just like I don't have words for it. Now, I, so I want to just, just look at something. I'll not stay here long. It's mental disorders. What? A mental disorder uh, or mental illnesses are conditions that affect your thinking, feeling, mood, behavior. They may be occasional or long-lasting, which we would call chronic. So what the Scriptures is speaking about, what we would call 
a mental disorder, the Bible would call sin. Every time man sins and gets off of the truth, now, I'm not Bible beating here. I'm just going for truth, okay? That's all I'm doing. They're going for truth. Uh, my point is the truth of God is not a matter of persuasion of faith as much as it is documented truth that works. It just works. And a lot of times we things in God's Word is very foreign to our natural mind. And, and we say, okay, I'm going to have to take faith for this one. When the truth is, we just don't understand, we're not understanding also God's Word. Uh, here's a gen gender dysmorphia. Uh, is the term for a deep sense of unease and distress that may occur when your biological sex does not match your gender identity. In the past, this was called a gender uh, identity disorder. Now, I noticed this particular one. I went to quite a few, several uh, I noticed in this one, the few, most of the others it didn't, but in this one it said, uh, uh, in the past, this was called gender, gender identity disorder. It's already starting to shift uh, from what it was called in the past. So there again, you, I, I just want us to understand that we can say it's acceptable behavior, that homosexuality is acceptable to God, but it's not. It's, it's just not. Also, adultery is not. Okay, uh, uh, lust is not. We can go into a lot of. It's just it's that among everything else is not. That's all. And uh, I had one guy, you know, guy that dealt with those same sex attractions, and uh, uh, in the in the conversation, um, he said, "Well, do you what what do I do about? It? What if I have to deal with it the rest of my life?" I said, "Well, you say no to it the rest of your life." And I said, "There again, I said if it was me, and 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 I had a feeling towards everybody else's wife in the church." Uh, would you think I needed to get over that and repent? Or do you think that's acceptable? He said, oh, I, I, I think terrible of you. I said, well, yeah, that's, that's right. I, I said, so So there's no, it's, that's a pretty, I guess, going out there example, but I was trying to make a point to him. Sin is sin. If it's man for a man, it's still sin. The man for another a woman or whatever still sin still 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 sin. One is a natural sin and one's an unnatural sin. But there's kind of degrees of the unnaturalness because when you get in what we would call natural, there's greater deception in natural sin than unnatural sin. In other words, uh, if you have homosexual tendencies, you don't debate it. You know you have those things. In natural sin, I've had men come to me, well, God told me that other man's wife's supposed to be my wife. That's right. I've heard that. I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard that. It's amazing when somebody's having an affair, how that God, in their mind, is the one that created everybody to run into each other. Yeah. Has anybody else heard that, or is it just me? I mean, usually, that's the way it is. Oh, that's who, that's who and I'm like, you've been deceived. It's just del delusional. And uh, one particular person I have in mind, uh, he knew it was God. And uh, I said, if you'll give it 12 to 14 months, I promise you, it's hard for it to last longer than that. Uh, if you can make it 12, 14 months and not cause a divorce and remarry, uh, you'll not think no more of this lady in 12 to 14 months as you do a common house cat. And uh, that's what I said to him. Maybe it wasn't a good good one there either. But I, I tend I tend I tend to be a little. I get uh, I'm a little more of a farmer when I'm out of the pulpit. I guess I need to be careful of where I'm at. And uh, but anyway, he didn't, and he agreed with me. Uh, two years later, he said it, it finally lifted. I said it's because, it's because you you were mentally ill. You thought that God told you that you needed to marry another man's wife. That's mental illness. You just went crazy. You just went stupid. And I'll tell you what else, 99.9% .9 of the time that a man or woman is going to leave their spouse is because of another person. And 100% of their time they're going to say, no, there's nobody involved. 
I don't know how I'm getting off on this. Somebody needs to hear this. Don't come to me for marriage counseling is the moral of that story. Now, can anybody pronounce that name? A what? Lycanthropy. It's lycanthropy. It is a rare psychiatric syndrome that involves a delusion that the affected person can transform into has a, or has transformed into or is an animal. Its name is associated with the mythical condition of uh, lycanthropy, a, a supernatural affliction in which humans are said to physically uh, shape shift. Anybody seen that in movies lately? Into wolves. There were some great movies or famous movies that came on here several years back, and that's what was happening. Uh, here it says it is a rare disorder. I submit to you it's not as rare as it used to be. All right. So none, nonetheless, I, I've really got to get you to see it's a mental disorder. These things that we're now seeing as acceptable behavior, everybody says follow the science. I'm saying just follow the science. I'm telling you, we're leaving the science. We're, it's not that we're just leaving the Bible. We're even leaving the science. And there again, my you know, the one that gets me the, the worst is climate change. It's not even following the science. So I know that there are spiritual entities behind this stuff. Do I think I've probably been in more mental hospitals than everybody in here combined with my mother in my whole life? Trust me. Just trust me, somebody. To not think correctly is a scary place to be. And the Christian church of Jesus Christ is the only place you can come to for mental stability. Because it is here and only here that you can find the truth. And it might be that the truth doesn't go with your concept of truth. Well, change your concept. You're a little off. You're just a little off. Now, let me move on quickly here. I haven't gotten anywhere. Now, I'm going to go into this other mental disorder called the Savior Complex. That's what's happened to the world today. The world needs a Savior. Can somebody say amen? The world needs a Savior. Now, the world knows it needs a Savior. So therefore, we have all of these people trying to be a world Savior. And it's a type of an Antichrist spirit. Um, a lot of times when people are trying to help people, they take on the Savior complex. Uh, and that's really a no-no. Uh, savior complex is this state of being is often linked to having delusions of grandeur. This describes a need to save people by fixing their problems. Now, let me give you the example. You say, well, Alan, I thought we were supposed to help food. Listen, you cannot fix anybody's problem. There's not but one that can fix problems in this room, and his name's Jesus. And you say, well, Alan, why are you making that emphasis? It's important that we get... It's important that to a Christian, you can get into the Savior mentality really quickly, thinking you're somebody's Savior. Now, there's a problem with that. Does anybody recognize the guy in the middle of that picture? Now, that's Hitler. He started off as, as trying to fix all the problems of Germany. He made all these promises. People believed him. The guy went crazy. Did you know the beginning of his life he was studying to be a priest? It's interesting. The guy went crazy. Why? He, he, he was trying to save everybody, so everybody started bowing down to him like he had all these answers. That's the reason uh, people, that are, people that think they're famous, which that, that, that encompasses, that's a lot of people, that think they're famous, Take on this complex that they're famous. It changed. It, and there was all of this glory comes into them. It changes them. No, no one survives it. The best one that we know of on the stage has ever survived is Billy Graham. And he had five or six men constantly told him he wasn't all that. You know, and, and that's true. But here, but we, I want you to think a minute on the Savior complex.
One of the most famous examples of a dangerous leader with a savior complex was Adolf Hitler. Jesus is the only savior. For someone to be saved, they th first must take responsibilities of their own actions. Now, now listen to me. With the savior complex, you'll try to do their... You'll, you want to get somebody saved, and so you'll go through the motions of being saved for them. Uh-oh. Do I need to say it again? Anybody get that? You didn't suck in enough air when I said that. <laughs> in trying to help people and to save people, we'll even do this. And I'm not against this totally, but I always cringe a little when... Just repeat after me. Uh, when I seen people truly saved, they're broken and crying. I don't care if you could say the gospel backwards, they got saved. Because the Holy Ghost met them, broke their heart, broke them in half. It wasn't because they said some words just right. It's because your heart was broken just right by the Holy Ghost. The only way your heart can be broken is that you take responsibility for your actions. You got to own where you are before you can be set free to go where you need to be. But you have to own where you are. If you try to soften where you are to somebody, you're, you are going against their, the possibilities of them being saved out of where they are. I didn't say that good, but I hope you caught what I meant. You have to totally let people know where they are. And that's the reason I'm saying you can't make the gospel palatable. It's not about palatable. It's about making you sick enough to throw up your sin. I hope you can hear it. You don't make it palatable. You make it truthful. And if you give the gospel truthful, it's going to cut you. It's going to hurt your feelings, give you a bellyache and a headache at the same time, and you can't squirm enough to get right with God. Now, for someone to be saved, they first must take responsibility. Now, this I'm trying to help you here on how not to be, take on this Savior syndrome. When a person does this, when a person does this, they will develop internal motivation to move forward towards the Savior. Let me say it again. When a person does this, does what? They take responsibility for their own actions. When a person does this, they will develop internal motivation to move forward toward the Savior. If you act as though you are someone's savior, you will deny them the opportunity to develop the internal motivation to move forward, therefore enabling their sin. I know that's a lot of words. Just talk about the gospel. But you've got to get this. I believe as Christians, we are standing in the way of a lot of people getting born again or saved because we're trying to make their landing so soft that they don't even know they landed. What makes the gospel work? It's because you tell the truth. If you don't repent and come to God, you will die and go to a burning place called hell forever and ever. And I know there's some people in this room that don't believe in eternal hell forever and ever. I'm sorry you don't believe in it, but it doesn't change the truth of it. And I hope you don't go there. It's not going to change the truth of it. It's in the Bible. I don't care what you say. It is in the Bible. I get emails and texts all the time from our Smith and Rowland show, me and Jeff. Too. I got half a dozen yesterday. And one of them, the guys, you know, talking about hell, you just need to look in the mirror and, and when you say that and all this sort of stuff. It, it's amazing how people, it's not my opinion, it's Bible. And I know how you can maneuver this Bible and say that Jesus didn't really mean that there was a hell, that it wasn't eternal and it wasn't for... I know how you jump through all those hoops. You have been deceived. You have been deceived. You're trying to soften the landing of the truth. If you do that, the truth's not the truth anymore. And it takes the unadulterated truth to set us free. We have to own where we are. We have to own where we're going. And then we need to respond to that. That's what motivates us to respond to it. So I'm begging and pleading for the sake of souls that you give people the truth with no net, no soft landing. Repentance 
is equal to the message of truth that has been given. Here's my point. If you don't tell the truth about hell, you can't repent of the depths of hell. If you don't get the truth of homosexuality, you will never repent of homosexuality. If you don't hear the truth of, of adultery, you'll never repent of adultery. If you don't hear the truth about stealing, you, in other words, your repentance is to the depth of the truth that you hear. Can you hear me, somebody? So it's important that the depths and the heights of the truth are given so as people take responsibility of where they are and we take responsibility that our repentance will equal the message that we heard. So therefore all the messages are so soft, we cannot have a high level of repentance. You can't tell somebody that just Jesus loves you and so therefore everybody on the planet's Nobody's going to die and go to hell. Right. I'll stand in front of anybody that says that, and there's a lot of people that say that, and I'll call you a liar. I'll call you a liar. You're manipulating the Word of God, and I know how you manipulate it to get there. I've been through it. And it's a lie of the pit of hell. You have to tell the truth. So people, what people repent over is that truth. And if you minimize that truth... If you, if you have a 10-foot truth and you minimize it to two feet, their repentance is two feet. Come on. Can anybody hear what I'm saying? Yes, so it's important that this truth of this word is not watered down to fit the oochie-coochie stuff that people want the gospel to meet. The gospel is radical. It'll cut you in half. It'll make you change your whole entire life in one swoop of a truth. That's what the gospel is. So we have to be truthful. I didn't say be obnoxious. I said be truthful. And you love them enough to give the truth. Lord Jesus, we love you. Be with us, oh God, this day. Lord Jesus, if there's anything that I've said, I shouldn't. I pray it'll fall to the ground. But I pray and have trust in your people to have your Holy Spirit to discern what I've said. Lord God, let your truth be according to your word. Let us be a people that gives truth so people can truly repent. They have something to repent about, that we have something to repent about, that we might walk in your ways. Let us rejoice today, oh God, in our worship, in our worship, because we have truly been set free. We have been set free by the blood of Christ, that we might rejoice in spirit and truth. Thank you for all of these that are coming to this place today to hear your truth. It is our prayer that no one's here but what they run into God. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you shake us all and scare us all real good with your presence. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.